Welcome to Pure Hustle Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando. And we're on episode 110. What does that mean? 110. Yeah, episode 110. <laughs> Here we go. I'm super excited. 110. Yeah. 100. So if you do the math, that's a lot of Pure Hustle Podcasts to listen to. Yeah, that was a very mathematical answer there. I like that. Uh, I, wish well, I, I, I didn't want to calculate if, if it. If you calculate this, the answer is a lot. So um, yeah, there's a lot of, of content out there. Uh, and I'm really excited for this one because this is our first update episode of the new year, 2020. Uh, and, and I feel like we have a lot to update here. So I'm really, really excited. Well, how has how's it been for you since, wait, uh, since your last time? Before we get started, though, you've noticed our new backdrop, right? We kind of alluded to it last time, but I think we're missing something. What are we missing? This is what we're missing. Oh, gosh. I'm always scared in Orlando to say So you're watching the podcast. If you're listening, you can't watch the podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, listening, I think we need one of these. So Orlando's got a finger laying here. Um, So is this this just one of those things to remind you of of failures? It's like our meme. It's like a Pure Podcast meme. So then do we want to keep it in the box or do we want to like open it and put it up there? What do you think? Let's keep it in the box for now. Just because it looks he's really He's still obnoxious. hoping that one day. <laughs> so are we going to take He-Man down? Is that no, what we're we're, we can't take He-Man down. We got to keep Dragon Ball Z alarm clock up. Are we going to put it in the middle there? I was, you don't want to just put it right here? Oh, no, man. No? Okay. So, okay. So Blocking right now, He-Man if you're listening to the podcast, we're, we're trying to move it to our back. Uh, there we go. See, in between He-Man and Dragon Ball Z. We got a finger lean. I like it. Well, that'll be a constant reminder. Every time or- Orlando makes a mistake, I'm just going to point at the finger lean and go, you know. I just thought it needed a little color on the wall. So, like you know, it. there we go. My first experience with fingerlings was even before I got into reselling. Um, they were doing, what were those? Amazon for a while was doing those like, what were they, treasure trucks or something like that? Oh, they still do those. I get those alerts all the time. And I remember like, it was like all over social media that like they had a treasure truck in our area that had fingerlings and people were going crazy for them. And I was like, man, I bet you could resell those for a ton of money. You could at a certain point in time. Yeah. But anyway, so (laughs) here we are, man. (laughs) Here we are. Episode 110, update episode. Uh, And I'm super excited because I've got a lot to talk about. I'm sure you do too. um, Because... As you guys all know, if you've been listening to the podcast, uh, I took a, an awesome trip over the Christmas break where I got to go to Colorado and visit some family and stop at some thrift stores outside of the San Diego area. And, and it was definitely a different experience. So I'm super excited to talk about some of that stuff uh, and a few other crazy things that have happened uh, since then. But what's new with you? Well, here's the thing. My life wasn't as exciting as yours. So it's kind of, do, do we I, want I, to start I, with? I would have to say you hustled harder. That's for sure. Uh, maybe I would say and that's, a, and that's the part that's kind of interesting. I really have taken it easy the last week and a half. How does that feel? It's good. It's kind of, you know, I, I, I shouldn't be able to, that, that's the hard part. Like I always feel like I, I need to do something. I need to be doing more. And I think it's part of the, you know, I love, I love what I do. And right. so to me to take a break, you know, and I, I let me let me rephrase it. So when I'm with with my my kids, like I I don't even think about working, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's it's kind of nice. But when it's just me, that's when I'm like, all right, I need to be out there because it feels weird. Like I, I can I, the problem I have right now, I can't just binge Netflix or Hulu or Disney Plus or you know whatever. That's probably a good thing. Well, what I mean is, I'll binge, but I'm always doing something. So whether it's I'm doing some OA sourcing, whether it's I'm listing something, you know, whether it's, you know, I'm 
packing stuff, whether I'm taking pictures or eBay, I always find myself having to do something. I don't know. Let me know in the comments below. Is that you? Or are you able to actually just sit there and just watch something and enjoy it? Yeah, I think I think there's a fine balance because I'm the same way. A lot of times I don't like to. And, and a lot of times it's good things like I'm reading, you know, intellectual articles or listening to challenging podcasts, all these things Mike. while I'm supposed to be like, as to, as, like, like I'm not, like I don't do, no, 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 I'm not I'm just joking. It, I'm just I, giving you a hard like, time. Like uh, my, my wife always like, she notices like I'll put on, she, she has a pair of AirPods. I don't, I have, I have wired ones. So I actually have some Bluetooth headphones, uh, but I don't use them very much. But anyways, I'll, I'll steal her AirPods. I'll put them in. I'm, I'll always volunteer like, yeah, I'll do the dishes. I'll do whatever. And while I'm doing chores, I always put in a headphone and I can't just do a chore. Like I have to be like, catching up on you know podcasts or doing some news but isn't or that weird that's a society we're in now yeah, like we is. always have to be multitasking yeah, you're consuming constantly consuming and i do think there's there's a fine balance between um being being a sloth and lazy and being working too hard and then trying to find that middle ground right that middle ground can go either direction and i feel like sometimes not always but sometimes you need to get to that place even if it's for a short period of time where you are resting and relaxing. And I'm not the one, the kind of person to say like, you know, just do nothing. Obviously I think that's terrible. Um, and, and, but at the same time, I think there's probably whether it's a day every week or a couple of days every month or however you a weekend, however you work it out where you can kind of detach from stuff and actually be more productive when you come back because you've kind of given your chance yourself a chance to refresh, but it takes a lot of effort sometimes because yeah we have this idea that the more we're doing the better things are going to be which is oftentimes true but just like anything else like sometimes I, i'm a firm believer that like six hours of sleep even though that's like physically i want more than that like if i sleep eight hours and part of this is probably just because i've watched enough youtube videos where they kind of like force you to believe that but like the, the wealthiest most successful people they don't sleep eight hours they, well, they just can't that's what i'm struggling with right now so to be completely frank, I watched a few videos where it's like, you know, it was Elon Musk and it was, I think like Steve Harvey and I see, I don't know why I threw Steve Harvey, but it was one of the people, you know, Will Smith, The Rock, you know, mm -hmm. they're like, yeah, you know, if you got to work, you got to work like never before and, and you don't need eight hours of sleep mm -hmm. and da, da, da. And I gravitate towards that. Yeah. And so that's been my issue is that. You know, I did slow down. If you've been following us on Instagram, you've noticed I've talked about I did no reselling related stuff today. But that's been not that I'm not telling the truth, but it's I haven't done anything super intensive reselling. I've always been doing something. Yeah. You know what I yeah, mean? That's good. But but I would say maybe even with that, like I'm 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 the kind of person who does the six hour sleep a night and I make sure that I'm as productive as I can be during the day. I know in the morning I'm most productive, so I get the most challenging things done. Uh, but if it's once a week or once every two weeks where it's like, you know what, I'm going to get a full 10 hours sleep. Like, how do, you, how do you do that? I can't think of the last time I've slept more than eight hours. I seriously can't. Well, I don't think I sleep more I, I than eight in, hours. I either. think in over a decade, the last time was when I went on an overnight camping trip and we, I did paintballing for 16 hours. Mm. I slept for 14 hours. Yeah. That's like the yeah. last time to, I can To be realistic like in, in, in the most recent past, and by recent past, I mean like the last several years, yeah, 10 hours never happens uh, because I'm a parent and yeah, especially when you have jobs kids. and stuff. Uh, but, you know, even even eight hours compared to six hours can make a difference sometimes, right? When it's like, I'm going to take a day and then I'm, 
when you do that occasionally and you take some time off and you really take some time off, then you can kind of come back recharged, fully ready to go. And, and you know this even back, you know, in the teaching world that sometimes that two week break that you get during Christmas time is what you need to come back in the beginning of, of you know, a new year, um, a new semester and be like enthusiastic again and like ready to teach and excited again. Whereas by the end, you're like, oh, now you could have kept grinding it out all year long, but that two weeks actually makes you a better teacher, right? So the same could be true for reselling. And I'm not saying you got to take a lot of time off, but it is probably wise to slow down. Not all the time. If you're finding yourself coming up with excuses to slow down, then you probably have the opposite problem. You probably need to, to ramp it up a little bit. But if you're always go, 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 and you have to like force yourself to slow down, then it's a, probably a good indication that you could use a little bit of a slowdown every once in a while just to kind of recharge. And you'd be surprised at how much difference it'll make once you get back active. You're like, I'm ready to go again. Yeah. And, but again, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. If I, here's the thing. I, I think right now, I think my kids are great for me to slow down. Because mm. if I didn't have kids, I'm pretty sure I would be hustling every single day. Right. And, you know, now the other part is too, I, I do have good friends that I hang out with. And so when I do that, then I'm not right. Because they'll call me on it. They're like, Orlando, are you on your phone? Like, wh what are you doing? Like, why are you on social media? Like, what, what are you doing? Right. And that's the other component is our social media piece. Like that's, yep. that's increased since we started the podcast. Yep. Right. I mean, cause now, now we're on other, we're, you know, adding TikTok, and then on top of that, trying to get back to more DMS, you know, as we have more followers, which we're totally fine with, but that adds another component. So that's another thing you want to think about because a lot of you that follow us also are, you know, branching out doing YouTube or doing podcasts or, you know, trying to, uh, trying to grow your Instagram profile and so on is that, you got to kind of, you know, measure, you know, yep. how much, uh, how much of that time do you want to spend doing that? And if, you know, you follow like advice of individuals like Gary V who says you need to have at the least 25 pieces of content a day to a hundred, that's a lot of work. That's crazy. A hundred, hundred's a lot. All right. Anyways, we're kind of, you know, moving, moving away from what we're going to talk about. All right. So you had asked me what's going on with me. And so we'll start with me because my story isn't as exciting as yours. So, I'm beginning to kind of, I'm not moving away from Amazon right now. And I'm not moving away because Amazon wasn't good to me. Amazon was phenomenal in Q4. But right now, and, and I don't know where I'm going to land on this, but, you know, I've had some really great sales on eBay lately. And I'll, I'll be frank with you guys. I have not been the best eBay seller in the sense that, you know, you, there's a lot of you that listen to us that you're always like, Hey, I list 25 to 50 items a day. I can't say I have listed 25 to 50 items a day, probably in the last three months. I could say maybe I've listed maybe on a good day, 10 to 15, but I've kind of been lax about it. And so as I've been lax about it and now, you know, moving away from Q4 and we'll have our Q4 episode and talk about what worked, what didn't work and what really worked, you know, what, where was I going with this? Oh, I was going to find, okay, I really want to know what I can do with eBay if I just focus on eBay. Now, I'm not there yet. So, because, you know, I'll talk about this more, but, you know, what you find with Amazon is you can take 10 steps forward and you can go five steps back really fast on Amazon. With eBay, 
I really find that if you get momentum going, that momentum continues. And I think that momentum can still continue even when we hit summer slowdown. Because we talk about June. You had a good June, didn't you, this past June? Yeah, it was. It was. It was. Uh, June was one of fire. my best. Mo- yeah, same with me. June was one of my best months. But it was because I put in a ton of work because I was yeah. so worried about how things were going to work out. And it ended up being one of my best months. So I've been contemplating that. I also have come across some great scores which I'm, I'm saving for another podcast just because I want to see how things land. And I'm going to talk about how I'm switching up eBay, but I'm really trying to fine tune eBay a little bit more because I, you know, there on, there's some things that I'm still all about, listen and forget it. But there's other things that I'm like, you know what? I want to move things. Mm. So I've been moving things faster. Uh, the other thing is right now that I'm dealing with is returns. Mm. And yeah. we're going to have a whole theme episode about returns. Doesn't that sound exciting? It sounds <laughs> terrible. <laughs> Tune in. Yeah. It's going to be great. Yeah. But, you know, what's been, what I have not enjoyed about returns is, you know, with eBay returns, I feel like it's still sal- salvageable. With Amazon returns, I think some are still sal- salvageable. But, man, I'm just struggling with that word right now. But what I'm finding is that overall, like, I think with eBay, you can pretty much redeem anything, right? You get a return. For the most part, that item isn't going to be destroyed because that individual wants that return full back, right? They want their full refund, right? Especially, you know, now that we can give back percentages, if you're a top rated teller who offers returns, it's doable. But if you're on Amazon, like... You can you can file a case with Amazon and, and a lot of times Amazon will reimburse you. But man, some of the stuff I get back, I'm like, what in the world? What were these people thinking? Like, why did they think this was okay? No. Right. And so the other thing is, and I'm gonna save this, <laughs> I keep saying this, but I don't want to kind of throw our Q4 episode away, is that you know, on eBay, when somebody buys something, they know what they're buying, they for the most part know the price of that item. Right. Like there, there is no, there's no mystery behind it. So I'm going to explain something to you. So on Amazon, right. Q4, one of the reasons you are able to make a lot of money is we're able to sell things at a higher than normal price mm-hmm. because of the holiday season. But what happens after Christmas is over, a lot of people are like, did I really spend that much money on that item? And they return it and then get it cheaper now that it's back in stock. Correct. Right. Or there's a clearance sale or whatever. Right. But on eBay, you don't see a lot of that action. Right. So anyways, those are some things, you know, we'll share later on, but, uh, so right now, I'm really excited because I, I know for this next week, I'm still going to do Amazon sourcing. I'm trying to send in still my one shipment a week, but I'm really trying to build my eBay. And I'll share later what my goals are going to be. But <laughs> I know I told you, it's not as exciting. I want to hear about your road trip. So talk to me about your road trip. Well, I'll talk about the road trip a um, little bit more when we get to like specific... Um, okay. Well, I guess we're talking about random stories. So right. I got one that before the, the road trip even This is there. update time. Are we already at random stories? Do we have a set schedule? Um, I guess not really. I, okay, so I'll do road trip and then I'll do random stories. So right. um, yeah, the road trip was great, man. So we, we went to Colorado to visit my mom and we um, have a pretty good size SUV. It's a large SUV. And we took just enough stuff to like to make it right. Like we, we tried to pack really light and minimal cause we knew we were going to fill up the car. And when we got there, um, in fact, we were planning on buying like a, a roof, like bag. Okay. Let's pause a little bit, Mike. A year ago, would you have had the same scenario? Oh, no way. 
No Would you have even considered like we need a pack light to because we're gonna fill up an SUV? Yeah, no, I mean for sure not. And and even the idea that like we're gonna make so much off of this trip, it, it, it not only just paid for the trip, but like beyond, right? And so we our our original plan, our thought was we were gonna stop on the way back in Utah because we know that <clears throat> Utah is really big outdoorsy. There's lots of like hiking and things like that. So there's a lot of brands are likely to be more brands there, but when we were starting to leave and I was routing out where the thrift stores were, I noticed two things. One, the stops along the way, like what was actually off the road that, that we were on, there weren't very many thrift stores close in Utah that we were going to actually be able to, to make before they closed. Cause we were trying to get through Utah to Nevada to stay the night. And so most of the thrift stores that were close right off of the highway we were on were in Colorado and that's where we were at. So we're like, well, let's just stop in Colorado and hit up these thrift stores. We, crushed it in Colorado. So luckily we were going to buy a bag and we we told my mom before we were go- going up there that we were planning on doing this, buying this bag. She's like, oh, I've got a few of them. Um, you can just have one of mine. And she had like a huge rooftop bag that we were able to like put on our, our roof. We actually packed all of our stuff in that so that our, our trunk was so, full, empty. So I kind of know the answer to this question because Mike is awesome, by the way. Mike, oh, thank you. He is, but Mike, you know, reached out to me on New Year's Day. And he's like, hey, what are you doing? And you said, if you follow us on Instagram, you only got the first part. Mike's like, hey, let's go on a hike. So we went hiking, right? And that's a great way to start the new year. Mm-hmm. But then he invites me over and I ate, and this is not related, but I wanted to share. Like, So a lot of people, it's so funny because they think about us, like when we get into it on the podcast, they're kind of like, whoa, I wonder like. If we hate cool. each other. Yeah, but Mike <laughs> and I like, so we're like family. Not, I mean, I'm putting words into your mouth. No, for sure. But Mike invited me over after and he's like, hey, we're going to grab have some roast beef sandwiches. So I'm thinking. I didn't say roast beef sandwiches. You d- I said, do you want to come over for lunch? We're having roast beef. Okay. So in my mind, I'm like, hey, we're going to go back to where the studio is and we're going to like have cold cut sandwiches and just chill. No. We go over and it's like full on. Like it's like Thanksgiving part three because I already went over. Wasn't I over for? No, I was over at somebody else's house for Christmas, but I was over for Thanksgiving. Yep. Why why am I sharing all this? Oh, because I'm sharing sharing all this because I know how his family feels about reselling because we're sitting there. I'm taking over the conversation. I'm sorry, but I thought this was pretty awesome. No, go for it. Because I was going to ask you, like, how's your family feel about this? But I already know because we're sitting there. We're having this amazing meal. So, by the way, Mike's a good friend. Had me over. It was phenomenal. The whole family. it, It was great. But they're talking about like I I heard somebody was like, oh, you know, I could have packed that item and shipped it out for you guys. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, what? Like you have people in your family shipping out stuff for you. Right. Yeah. yeah. My in-laws are great. So um, they there's a lot of times when we're like going to be out of town. So we'll like pack something, but we're not going to be around to like actually get it to the UPS store on time. So like we'll ask my brother-in-law or my father-in-law, I'm like, hey, can you drop this off at the UPS store? And they'll take care of it. So yeah, they've been super great for us. And then- So your family believes in what you're doing Yeah, now. for sure. And That's then it awesome. was it was my mom. So not my in-law, my mom that I told about wanting to get this bag. And so she just let us have one of hers. She had a, a couple of them that she didn't need. And so- we packed in all of our like luggage. Um, Judah got a bunch of them. I mean, we went to grandma's right after Christmas, like literally a couple days after Christmas. So of course there's Christmas toys for him and stuff like that. So we loaded that up and then still left some space for things at thrift stores. And then we're able to fill that up even more with thrift store stuff. And then our whole trunk of our car, we just filled up thrift store stuff. Even while we were at my mom's house, we asked like, Hey, is there, th-? I looked, there's a Goodwill. I'm like, Hey, can we all go to the Goodwill? And so what, we what went, store? 
Yeah, the store that shall not be named. So we went to the mm. store that shall not be named, and <laughs> it was really good out there in Colorado. So we 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 loaded up on a bunch of stuff there. So that went in the bag. And so I forgot to get a picture of the bag on top of the car because it was like, and, and there's probably 80% of our listeners are like, yeah, who cares? But for a San Diegan, it was so cold. It was like, at times, at one point we saw it was like, I think negative two or something crazy like that. And then the I think the highest it got was like, 25 or 26 while we were there and then with the wind chill it's like 13 it was like this is ridiculous so like every time i was outside of the car and i could have taken a picture of it i was like yep nope i, I just want to run into the gas <laughs> it would have been a great and, instagram post it would have been but i did take a picture inside the car because it was nice and warm there but one thing i'd say about thrift stores in at least colorado uh, i mean i don't know about every state but it's very different than california it was like I walked in and it was like somebody just vomited Patagonia and North Face of everywhere. Vomited. Yeah, it was just like everywhere. Like every every rack, I'm like Patagonia, North Face, uh, Columbia. Like it's just like the the brands they had there is just stuff we don't see here very mm-hmm. often, mm-hmm. right? So it was a lot of fun to do that. And man, while I was there, I had some some of the craziest things happen. So we went to one thrift store that had a, there was like two stores it wasn't like a big name chain it was like obviously like a local and there's two of them about 25 miles apart and this one thrift store that we went into we filled up with tons and tons of stuff um i mean we we i think we spent like $500 at this thrift store which think about it like at a thrift store $500 plus almost everything we bought was at least 50% off some of it was 75% off nice so that just tells you like how many items that we purchased so then I see, as I'm looking on the, the route, I see the same name of the store and it says two. So it's like the sister store. It's like their second store they open. So we're like, man, we had such success here. We should go to this other one. Okay. We go to this other store and at the, well, at the first store we found they had these, um, these religious books that were like packaged up. Um, I don't want to give the specific one out cause I don't want to give away my niche cause this is going to be my first <laughs> Amazon shipment. Um, but super bolo. Yeah. If you want to join us, bolo groups opening tomorrow. <laughs> first 10. That's not true. Um, so anyway, so I, I found these books and they're packaged, they're sealed and they're only asking $3 each for them. Right. I'm like, Oh, this is sweet. But they only had three, but I looked up comps. It's a really low ranking book on Amazon. I'm like, I'm just going to buy these for three what bucks. What are the odds, though, that you found a low-ranking book for one of your first shipments to Amazon? It's crazy. But amazing. it's only three of them, so it's not like the end of the world or yeah. like something that amazing. So I, we buy these three, we fill up our car, we go to this next store, and as we're buying stuff, and my son is like just playing with the toys, I'm kind of watching him, my wife's actually digging through the racks. We have so many things that the lady at the register like helped us carry bags to like hold back there while we kept looking for more things. Anyways, as we're getting close to walking to the register, I see like a bookshelf with all these books and then like the bottom half of it were like religious books. And then the whole bottom shelf of this thing was the same edition of the book, all sealed that I bought at the first place. So I'm thinking, sweet, $3 a book. I'm just going to buy them all. But I look at the package, there's no price on them. So I asked the lady, I'm like, hey, how much, uh, how much are the books? And she goes, oh, we don't charge for religious books. And I'm thinking... Okay, like this isn't going to work. I, I understand like a place would do something like this because they're trying to like help, you know, people out or whatever. So I'm not going to just not give you some money. So we asked like, no, no, we, we want to buy like, we, we don't just want one. She said, you could just have one. We said like, we want to buy all of these. And she goes, um, well, since we don't charge for them, like I, you could, I guess you could just have them. And we didn't feel right about that. We're like, you know, like 
we paid $3 to the other place. Can we just give you a donation to the store? Like, would you accept if you're willing to get rid of them? I mean, you could tell it's just one and that's fine. Like, we'll mm -hmm. just take the one um, and we'll still give you the donation for it. But I said, like, would you be willing to give us all of them? And she's like, yeah. She goes, but $3 is too much. Like, we since we don't charge for them, I'd feel bad at taking that. We're like, well, two? She goes, no, that's still too much. So we're like, one? <laughs> right? Like, like we're trying. Like, I've... I would, seriously, in all my time of recently, I've never had a scenario like that. It's like that. reverse negotiating, right? Like, because That's we want I mean, obviously, they're doing something really nice here. Um, and I'm, I'm, there's probably going to be some listeners like, I can't believe you, you bought those. But it, it was just a fluke thing that they had these there. You know what I mean? Um, and, and it's a super niche book that, that it's not like everybody's going for and it's going to like be this relevant to everybody. So um, I didn't feel bad. We gave the donation to the store. We would have paid them more, but she wouldn't take it. And as we're like walking this stuff up, another employee walks by and we've got all of them. I'm trying to like hold them. I think there was 14 of them is how many I got at this store. So 14 <laughs> at one for a dollar each, three at the other for $3 each. And as I'm like holding these, like they're almost falling out of my hands because they're really big. Uh, another employee walks by and he goes, oh, there's a limit of one per customer. And we're like, uh, this is awkward, right? So we're like, um, we're actually buying these. And he's like, oh, okay. And then so he helped us carry them over to the, the shelf and we were checking out. And then the craziest part was, and, and again, we didn't ask for anything. This, this lady was just the greatest cash register employee I've <laughs> ever experienced. I, I, I don't, I don't know. She, she was the greatest employee that was working on a cash register, right? At the time she repriced everything. So most of the stuff we bought was like 50% off. A couple of things weren't, but she would look at the prices and she would say things like, oh, wow, this is a really nice jacket. And we're talking like it's all Patagonia. It's all North Face. It's all Columbia, like brand new with tags. We got a couple of Lululemon. We got like really nice brands. Some new with tags, some not, but the ones that weren't were, were in good shape. She's like, hey, this is, this is just too much. We're asking too much for this. So she put in 50% off what? and then gave us 50% off of that. So we got items that were like originally priced at 30. So it went down to 15 for the half off and she gave us another half off. So we ended up paying, I think like $160 this place and we were expecting like another 500. Okay. There's two things I want to add here. Number one, you're the antithesis to Gary V. <laughs> so Gary V on his trash talk videos, right? He's always going to garage. So he's like, she wanted 15. She didn't get it. Mike's version is she wanted a dollar. She got it. I mean, it's just totally different. The other part is why I love that we have a podcast that's two of us is that if it was just you, like it'd be hard to believe. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, ah, but at least I can verify what you're telling me. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? Or whenever I say something, you can validate and go, okay, Orlando is obviously telling the truth because I've seen it with my own eyes. Right. So anyway, so I'm glad because this story is so out there. It's pretty crazy. It's so out there, but pretty amazing yeah no it was it was a lot of fun i mean it was cool seeing all these brands and honestly it probably could have spent a lot longer but we we had i think a, a 10 hour car ride that day and we were just like you know what we can't spend an hour in each store going so we were just kind of looking for the low-hanging fruit and it's really nice when the low-hanging fruit is like patagonia know, what? and north face you know so like wild. we probably could have dug through and found like more obscure brands that like sell for even more but it just wasn't worth our time i'm mean, actually I'm sure it would have been worth our time but it just it wasn't for us at the moment. So now what about shoes? How were shoes? Did you look at shoes? Shoes were overpriced. Um, okay. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think we picked up any shoes. Maybe, maybe one pair. I'm trying to remember, 
But yeah, for the most part, the shoes were kind of comparable to like the, the prices here at the store that should not be named. Okay. Um, some of them were still half off, but a lot of them, uh, they, they did have nicer brands. I mean, um, that's for sure. But at the same time, the prices were just a little bit too high for used shoes. And used shoes is one of those things that like, we've done really well on. We have several totes full of used shoes, but it's one of those things that you've got to get them at rock bottom prices to make it worth it. Because you can yeah, sit. I mean, I, 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 I there's times I sit on shoes forever. And they'll eventually sell, and it's like I'll make twenty dollars profit off of it if I bought it for five bucks, right? Which is fine for me. Like I have no problem making the twenty dollars profit on shoes because occasionally some of them you make thirty or forty dollars profit. But if I'm paying twenty dollars for shoes to maybe make five or ten bucks yeah, a year or two it. from now, like it's just not worth it. Agreed. Agreed. It's an incredible story. Yeah, it was. It was a lot of fun. I mean, we enjoyed it, and our plan now, like we're so like this was so successful, and maybe this was just a one-off thing. But we were so successful with the brands that we got there that we're planning probably this summer. I'm actually going to either buy or build a trailer. And then um, my goal is to put like a, a rooftop tent on the top of it so we can do some like camping with this trailer too. But um, have the whole inside of it like a four foot by eight foot. So nothing huge. Something I could pull behind on my SUV. And then we're going to take a couple of weeks and we're going to go back up to Colorado, visit my mom. We're going to circle down to Texas, visit my dad. And then we're going to head home and just be hitting thrift stores the whole way, hopefully filling up that trailer and our SUV and the rooftop bag that we have on top of our SUV. Uh, because, I mean, I'd say we probably made net easy 1500 to 2000 in maybe three hours inside of thrift stores. Like, it was unreal. No, I get it. I mean, that was one of my first big breaks on Amazon was... I want to say it was like six years ago, I went to an AP reading. I had to grade exams, which, which was horrible. So I graded about, I think 500 or so essays, the exact same essay. And that's all I did for, I think five days straight. Now they gave you nice breaks in between, but every night I went sourcing, I hit, I hit up every single savers in Utah, you know, whatever. And I remember there was so much good stuff that I shipped into Amazon. And then I literally, my two luggages were packed so full that one of them broke open inside the airplane of thrift stuff. And they actually like duct taped my suitcase together by the time I got it back from the, when I got it from the airport. That's pretty funny. And I made a killing. I, I like you, I spent maybe, uh, I'm trying to remember as far as eBay stuff, maybe I spent $500 and I easily broke 2k. Yeah. On Amazon, I probably spend one to two K and I easily made four to five K. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. So, Hey, you know, good for all of you that are out there. Yeah. <laughs> Lucky duckies. But to be honest, I can't be that jealous because the weather was horrendous and I would rather have my weather and occasionally have to drive out there to get those sweet deals. I don't know. I struggle, man. Like the other day, I kind of, you know, it so was back in the day, I used to watch a lot of house hunters. So I put it on and I'm watching this episode. And those of you that live in Texas can relate like John and Susie are looking to downgrade, you know, downsize their home. And they're looking at this home, 3,300 square foot for a large price of $450,000. I think that's what the, uh, like, what? the condo that I was renting before I moved to the yes. trailer, um, was going the ones, the same size in that same complex. We're going for about 450 to 500,000. And they were 1,100 square foot, two bedroom condos. Yeah, I, I know it. With a one car garage. Yep. So I'm going, wow. I, and here's the thing. Like, yeah, I get it. You know, like one of the reasons I haven't moved, I mean, I have multiple reasons, but one of the reasons is that I know where things are. 
Yeah. Right. Like, so if I need a, if I need a source, I know exactly where to go and I can quickly source items. Like it's not a problem ever for me. The other thing is, you know, I, I do, I do enjoy the fact that if I wanted to, not that I do these things, but if I wanted to surf and snowboard and go to the desert, I could do all of that in one day. Sure. I mean, I mean, it'd be kind of crazy, but you could, if you wanted to in California, along with paying a ton of money for gas and electricity yeah. and so know. if you're a reseller stay out of california is what we're saying <laughs> if you if you if you're looking to scale your property unless you know you're one of those big timers that makes you know six to seven figures net then yeah probably shouldn't yeah no i'm just saying reseller stay out of southern california not because the prices oh, okay. are high but you're just saying, stay out go you're away cla- you're claiming our territory <laughs> is that what you're saying so now you're welcome you guys can come anytime oh. Well, thanks, Mike. I'm I'm sure our listeners are grateful to be able to move to overpriced California. Yep. The so, invitation has been extended. There Come you hang go. out at the Piros Podcast Studio sometime. So yeah, so there's no that was was that your random story packed nope, all into one? Nope. Okay, all I right. Give my random story yet. So I don't have here's okay. So my stuff is so like this should just be Mike's amazing life story. But so I got two things. That'll be a different show. <laughs> Welcome to the Amazing Mike Podcast. There you go. So. I had two scenarios here. I just wanted to share these because, and I shared some of this on Instagram a little bit, but I had, so one thing is I talked about this in the previous podcast, how I'm moving more to buy it now. Right. And I'm, I'm eliminating best offer. Now I'm only doing this on items that are $30 and less and are basically retail arbitrage new tags. If it's, if it's somebody vintage, I'm keeping the best offer because sometimes like we price things and we really don't know. Right. We're just aiming high and seeing where the market decides. But on newer items, like you pretty much know. Right. And I don't want to haggle with people. Like I, I'm just done. So I shared that in the last podcast. But here's the interesting thing. So I had this huge haul, this huge haul. I mean, I bought all kinds of stuff. And in this huge haul, I bought these uh golf pals, um, animal club covers. So one was like a kangaroo and eagle and otter. But here's the funny thing with some of these things are private label and you know, they're private label because they're misspelled so bad. You know what I mean? So, so one of them was like, um, sea otter. Right. And it would have been like, it wasn't this one, but I'll give you an example. It was like, it was spelled out sea otter. Do you know what I mean? Like, so, so I list these items. A little different. A little different. So one of them was a black rhino. So, you know, so it was this black rhinoceros with a backpack and it's a club cover. So I'm like, I'm going to list these, whatever. Cause I, my latest thing has been when I do a bulk buy, I'm going to list everything. Cause you never know. So I put it, buy it now. And, and I listed it for a 29.99. Right. And I got them for probably, probably a dollar piece. So within like less than three hours, it sells at full price. And the spelling on the tag was black. Rhino was R-H-Z-N-O. And somebody obviously wanted this. And it cracked me up because I'm thinking, I almost donated these, you know, club covers. I, you know, I I did toss two of them out because they were kind of too messed up. But so two things that came out of that. Number one, you never know. Like it's the beauty of eBay. Like you never know. Like I have some other ones, like one's a gray wolf, one's a sea turtle. And I'm like, like I'm, I'm like, I'm thinking of these 
top tier individuals golfing and some guy with the glove cover, a black rhino. Like who's going to now not saying that everybody that golfs is, you know, loaded, right? Because I know a lot of people that barely afford to be able to go to course, but they love golfing and they go. Right. So, okay. So that's my, that was, I thought that was pretty random that that sold. The other one is I'm at the store that shall not be named. And you know, I have my opinions about the place. And so there was, you know, you know, my favorite one, mm-hmm. right? No longer is, it, you know, my feelings are not the same about it, but you've seen me go to other store that shall not be named and I'll approach, you know, individuals that I know. And I'm like, Hey, can we work out a deal? And they're usually, you've seen me work out a deal. Mm-hmm. So I go to this one and, you know, there's this, uh, Starbucks, uh, barista machine, right? And those can go for about one fifty, but you know, you don't know if they're working, you're taking a risk and on the low end, they go for 80. So it was 50 bucks. I'm like 50 bucks. I just bought one like three weeks ago at another thrift store for half that price. And it was on sale. So, you know, I go to the new management and I'm like, Hey, you know, can we kind of work something out on this? She looked at me, she's like, what do you mean work out? I'm like, you know, like work something out. I didn't say it like this. I didn't do movements with my hands. If you were listening to the podcast, I'm doing a little salsa dance. And uh, hey, you probably kind of Chris Far- out at that kind of Chris Farley salsa <laughs> dance, you know, small guy, little girl. All right, work something out. <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wasn't that intense. And she looked at me she, like I was crazy. And I'm like, you, you don't catch what I'm saying? She's like, um, do you want me to negotiate a price? <laughs> and I'm like, uh, yes. That, that's what I mean. She's like, we don't do that. And I was like, what do you mean you don't do that? We, we don't do that. I'm like, what? I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. And I kind of got a little, you know, a little perturbed. I'm like, yeah, you guys do do that. And you've done it a lot with me. And I buy here all the time. So I don't know what happened to me. Like I became Hulk, like within like five seconds. Yeah, that's a way to win them over to your side. <laughs> I know. I told everything we've read in our level up review went out the window. So then, you know, um, I, and then I, I don't know when I walked away, I'm like, yeah, well, the old management used to. <laughs> and then I'm like, what? But do you, you, and in my head, I'm on. like, Orlando, what are you doing? Like in my head, I'm like, I, you know, there's, you know, you have the devil on one side and the angel on the other side and yeah. they're having a conversation in my head. And I'm like, what? Like, did I just like, did I not eat today? Like, what is bothering me? What's the real issue in my life? Well, the problem too was they had two pairs of Allen Edmonds that were the same style, but different colors. And one was priced at $19.99 and one of the $12.99. Forgot about those. So now I'm at the register and I'm like, Oh yeah, by the way, these were, um, you know, I was wondering if you guys would honor the lower price. These are the same shoes. She's like, okay, let me go talk to my manager. Like, oh Oh, no. You know, I just destroyed any opportunity to make anything happen. Well, she went back and the manager looked at me and goes, yeah, you know what? We let's just do it. I'm like, thank you. Let me go run into a cave right now. Yeah. Like, yeah. Hope, hopefully you go back in and apologize sometime. You know what? Might no, no, go no. We're way? good. We're good on the way out. Like we're all good. We smiled and everything. And, and, uh, maybe, maybe I should have thrown out an apology. Yeah. And, and to be honest, I mean, just to be fair, any business has the right to change policies as long as I say, as long as they're consistent with their policies. Like if, if they're not willing to make a deal with you because they're not willing to make a deal with anybody, 
and that's their new policy. I say that's fair. Yeah, but that but that's where injustice lies. So let me give you one more example. It just reminded me. So I do a lot of RA and I have my seller's permit when I do RA. So a certain store I've gone to, like, you know, they have like locations everywhere. I keep going, I keep going. And it's been a piece of cake. My name's in the system. I have my seller's permit on a PDF. Like for a while, they're like, you need your paper. And I'm like, well, yeah, but you know, it's in a PDF. It's the same thing. And they're like, oh yeah. I'm like, it's 29, you know, when I was doing this in q it's 2019, like PDF should be okay. And everybody's been cool with me. There's this one store that goes, oh, we need a copy of your seller's permit so we could staple it to you, the receipt. I'm like, what? Why? I'm already in the system. Like, no, we need it. It's a new policy. I'm like, what? So the same lady was telling me this a month ago. And I'm like, wait a second. You're saying it's a new policy? But if it's a new, how come you're telling me this a month ago? <laughs> she goes, well, we just really never enforced it. I'm like, so it's not a new policy is what you're telling me. You're telling me that now it is. And the cashier lady who's, you know, I'm engaging the manager at this whole time. She looked at me. She goes, I'm so sorry. I knew the moment I looked at you that this was going to happen because I just had to sign something today that said that stated this policy. So, so I asked the manager, I'm like, hey, may I see this policy? It's just Oh, so my gosh, Orlando. What? No, like, how come? Because here's the thing. Every store I've gone to has never asked me. And those of you that have gone sourcing with me, you know, it's true. Not any store, just this one store consistently does this. Well, then if they're consistently doing that, they have the right to do it. But if they are, no, they, do, well, they don't, well, they, yeah, they're private business. They can do whatever they want, blah, blah, blah. Okay. But if every single other store has not done this, why does this store have to do it? I don't know, but I mean, that's, uh, that's they're, they're, right. They can do it. I guess so. I guess so. But it's kind of like one of those things like, you know, how come every other policy is like no public restrooms? No, you know, we, we reserve the right to, you know, not allow a return without a receipt. Like that's all in writing. But the one towards resellers, they can't show me like out of all of them and really irked me. It really bothered me. So, so what I'm, what I wanted to say is things that bother you, man. Well, yeah, because I'm, I'm there, I'm making a huge purchase. I'm buying more than anybody in line behind me. I'm providing sales to this place. And I go to this store a lot and out of nowhere, they change policy. So to me, there's a sense of injustice. Number one, when people change policy on a whim Two, when they tell you there's a policy, but they can't show you what the policy is. I mean, I, I could just imagine though, like if I'm working at a store, you've got a policy, whether it came down from corporate or it's somewhere and somebody's like asking, well, I want to see it. Like one, I'd be pretty defensive. I'd be like, well, no, I don't got time to go back and dig out papers and show you and then potentially block out things that might be confidential or like there's all kinds of stuff that come out and like, but if it's memos. guided towards the customer, like, so when I worked at Target and Marshall Fields, Macy's, JCPenney, like every single one of the stores, whenever there's a policy that was directed towards customers, we always had, especially if something that's like, Hey, you need this documentation. Like it was always out there. Like we always produced it every single time. It was not a problem. Anyways, I don't know where we were going with this. I thought, I think I was talking about the sense of injustice, but this is what I'll say in all of this. So I get a lot of flack sometimes because, you know, people are like, Oh, Orlando, da, da, da. listen, I'm just trying to be real to help you out. 
And he, how's that helping anybody out? I, I don't can't imagine. Be a, don't be a jerk like Orlando. Okay, I can see that, that, that. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, I'm trying to be real and say, hey, you know what? I've had these instances. Now, I smoothed things over with the, the manager at this place, and she did agree with me and said, hey, if you come back with your seller's permit, I'll refund you the tax. All good. So, two things. Don't be a jerk. And listen, I... I, I've always said this. I don't care what people think. I don't care what you say about me. I've been down that road. I've had people judge me all my entire life. It's all good. Doesn't matter to me. I'm, I'm already, you know, it is what it is. Number two, if I can help others by revealing my flaws, I'm all good with that because that's what we're about here. So if I were to tell you like, oh, everywhere I'm a smooth talker and negotiate and I don't lose my cool, like that wouldn't be real. Just wouldn't be real. That's fair enough. So that's what you're about. So two things. Number one, you know, always remember that you never know why people do things. Like, I don't know why they decided at that moment to pull that policy on me. But in the end, it's a lot better to do things with a smile and keep those relationships because you never know when you're going to need that bridge to walk over. Building, I mean, burning. And I've told you this too, Mike, right? And we've talked about like leaving workplaces. Like you've asked me and I'm like, don't ever burn a bridge. But you know, sometimes I don't follow my own advice. I'm just trying to be real. I say burn the bridges, man. Burn them down. Don't, don't burn them. All right. Enough about Orlando and his sense of injustice. Let me hear your random story. All right. Well, if that's, if that's what you consider justice. All right, here we go. Um, So... This one's pretty interesting. I'm going to pull up the exact price here. And and we put this on Instagram. Um, but this was oh, fun. So this I, is crazy. I, I talked about these. I think they were a hustle of the week or a bolo or something a few weeks ago. But I went to a, a pretty cool thrift store and I, was, I picked up some board games. And I picked up three specifically. Two are the same. One was different. And this one was the one that was different. Uh, it was a 1968 Whitman stock market game, deluxe edition. And it was complete. Like we, we checked all the pieces, completely complete. And uh, my wife does the pictures and and I sometimes I do pictures, but she usually does the listings and she is on it, man. Like she is type A, she's focused, she's like meticulous, like never having a complaint with anything she does. She's amazing. Well, for whatever reason, we don't know whether it was like an eBay mistake or if she just forgot to do it. Who knows? It was a one-off, not a big deal. Pictures didn't end up on this, this, this listing, right? Oh well, we're driving. We don't have access to the pictures. We're like, well, we'll 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 add these pictures later, right? Like when we get home, sure, you know, that won't sell by then. Like, mind you, I bought this game for like two or three bucks. I think it was like a dollar or two fifty or dollar ninety eight. I don't know, something like that. It wasn't over three dollars. It was inexpensive, and it's old. No pictures. Okay, I'm gonna ask a question that all the listeners right now are are wondering. How much? No, not how much. So whenever you list something, it won't let you list it if you don't have a picture. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you look How here. did that happen? Like, I believe, I mean, obviously I'm looking at it right now. This is one of the good things about having a podcast, like I said, because there's two of us. I can validate. I've showed it on Instagram. And it says on the bottom, the seller has not uploaded any pictures. Check the item description for details. Every time, anytime I've like been going too fast and I forget to upload pictures, it always says you need at least one picture. Yeah, that's why I'm thinking it must have been a mistake on their end. Like we must have. Well, you never know. (laughs) So, um, I mean, who knows? I mean, I can't imagine that. Yeah, like we would have, 
we would have submitted the listing without putting the pictures because we use a lot of times we use the pictures as we're filling in details. So we take pictures of any flaws mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And we'll often take a picture of like on a pad of paper, like a, an electronic paper. We'll write down like sizes and stuff. We'll take a picture of that. And then we use that as we're making our listing. That way we can list at a gas station or wherever. We don't have to be with the item. So I'm sure the pictures were there for whatever reason. They, they didn't get, make the listing. And <laughs> it just looks so obnoxious. I'm looking at it right now. Now I'm, I'm c- curious though, because I think the way it got posted on Instagram, I don't think it was this high, but it ended up selling for $44.99 with shipping. No, it was the best offer. Oh, was it the best yeah, offer? Yeah, best okay. offer, yeah. So our, our, total, our total, though, with shipping was $50.44. 50, so $50.44, and I think it cost like $8 for us to ship it. So crushed it on a couple of dollars. And I mean, so that was a great purchase. No pictures. No pictures. Now, catch this, though. A couple days later... We get a message from the buyer. Oh. We wanted to take a quick moment to thank our sponsors for this episode. Oh, I didn't hear this part two of the story. Guess what the message said? Fantastic item. <laughs> Love it. Thank you so much. Great seller. So here's the thing. Would you share this with me? I looked up comms because I'm like, maybe it it was sold so fast without pictures because you guys like underpriced, it. It, underpriced yeah. it and no, like, I mean, it wasn't at one of the higher price ones, but it was competitively right. priced. I don't even know how that happened, Mike. See, the reselling gods are shining on Mike I and his wife so. because he kills it in Colorado, crushes it. Then he's able to sell stuff without pictures. Meanwhile, Orlando over here. And you see what's right underneath of it? The other board game that I bought for the same price. 82 bucks and 98 nice. cents. Yeah. Dude, you, your niche is definitely board games. Now, now, let me say, board games are a little difficult to ship sometimes. Like we, yeah, the, the, one of these, I don't remember which one, but one of them went in, you know, we, we get some of our paper. Here's a tip for you if you guys don't do this. We get a lot of our paper that we use for packing at U-Haul. Mm-hmm. It's inexpensive. It's yep. cheaper usually right, than like right. Walmart or anything like that. And it comes in a box. Um, I think sometimes at Walmart, it comes in like a like plastic bag. But you barely get anything. Yeah. So this came in a box at, at, at U-Haul and we just finished using all of the paper in it. And I'm like, man, I can't find a box for this board game. And uh-huh. slid right in the U-Haul box. Perfect. Yep. I, you, I actually keep all those boxes for like, you know, long, long, narrow, yeah, long, yeah. narrow items. I have about like 15 of them in my uh, nice. storage shed. Nice. So it's a little weird to ship a box with a bunch of eBay tape and it says U-Haul on the box, but hey, it is what it is. Hey, no one cares. As long as their item is what they want, it's fantastic. Hey, I've like, talked in previous episode, man. I've shipped, I've shipped in boxes that say raw chicken on the outside. <laughs> so whatever. I don't know. Maybe we didn't have another episode, like our thoughts on thank you cards and nice packaging. I really do think there's a benefit. I mean, people have mentioned like putting like a little business card or something in there. It says like something nice, like, thank you so much for the purchase. If you have any questions or concerns, please contact me. Um, we'd love to make things yeah, right. Yeah, I see that. You know, that way, and if you could just print out a whole bunch of them, so it's not like you're doing it, like custom like ones. Some people do it on thermal printers. Right. Yeah. You could do thermal printers. That way you're, you're not, you might increase the chance that they'll contact you to resolve an issue before they just leave negative feedback, before they're upset, right? Because they know that you're willing to work with them. Um, and the other thing I've seen people do with thermal printers is like a logo of their store, if they have like a specific mm-hmm. brand or niche, 
Uh, and those are super easy to do. And the other thing that works with, with the thermal printers I've seen and I've considered doing it is like a, we recycle boxes. So that way when somebody gets a box with like raw chicken on the outside and it's like, thank you for helping us, um, you know, save the tip. planet. That's good. Uh, we recycle boxes. We encourage you to do the same with this box, right? That way they're not like, what is this junk they sent me, right? <laughs> they're like, wow, this company cares about the environment. Just that virtue signal. <laughs> hey. Just get it done. You know, it is what it is. <laughs> All right. I think it's time for our current topics. But before we do that, if you have not been following us on social media, we did I cut you off? Did you have something no, else? Okay. If you're not following us on social media, we are Pure a Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. And, you know, be following us on all three platforms. We're trying to, now Facebook and Instagram, it's kind of the same, but we're kind of dropping some stuff on TikTok and Instagram that are different on each platform. So just keep an eye. And they both, you know, kind of tend to different creation of, of content. Also, we're on uh, Twitter, Pure Hustle Cast. Appreciate all the people following us on Twitter. Our Twitter has been growing. Like that's, I think, one of the hardest platforms to grow. We're going to probably be post 600 by the time this episode drops. So thank you guys. Uh, and if you're listening to the podcast and you want to, you know, see what transpires on the podcast, whenever we try to point out to visuals, you can follow us on YouTube, hit that subscribe and hit that notification to be notified when things happen. As always, you can give us a call 619-738-1170. That's 619-738-1170. You know what? I want to, the micro machines guy, remember the micro machine guy? Uh -huh. The world's fastest talker? Like, he should, I wish we could just find him, have him record all this and just do it. I, what I could do is just record you doing it and I'll speed it up and just make it a soundboard. Boom, I'll push the button and we'll just sit here twiddling our thumbs while it goes through. There you go. <laughs> just twiddling. You said twiddling our thumbs. Yeah. I, so if you're watching I, this, I you're listening to podcast. my thumbs. <laughs> All right. Hey, and How do you twiddle your thumbs? Not like this? Like this. Like you just... Twiddle your thumbs, you just move them around. Huh. All right. All right. Hey, you can also shoot us an email at purestopodcast at gmail.com. The purestopodcast at gmail.com. And as always, thank you to all of you that have dropped donations in the link below. It's helped us. It, you know, not the fingerling edition, but some of the other editions behind us and some equipment that we're borrowing and the green screen that we're going to be, you know, using more. Yeah. People wanted some some more tunes. They to want us to, to drop the full album. The full album. And uh, as always, thank you for the reviews. Always appreciate them. Just grateful. And you know what's awesome about the reviews that we have more reviews than other podcasts that have been around longer than we have. Yeah. I, that, that, that is a testament to how amazing all you listeners are in taking action to just show us support. Yeah, Thank you. It's a great, you guys are a great community and um, we want to find some way. We're still trying to figure out how to do it of like thanking all the people who are leaving reviews. Um, you know, so even if it's just us like shouting out a couple of people, every couple of episodes, you know, reading their review, giving you guys a shout out. So if you want to like add like a, your, your Instagram handle or something in there, you don't have to, but like we'd like to do something just because it's, it means a lot. We do read them all. So uh, thank you so much for leaving us those reviews. And we talk about algorithms a lot. And honestly, when it comes to podcasts, nothing is more important for getting the word out that and helping us true. to be found than for us to have lots of reviews and to have good reviews because then iTunes helps push us further up to be found when people are looking up like whatever money, right? Whatever. Like we'll, we'll come up, we'll come up higher as uh, as we get those reviews. So thank you so much for that. All right. You ready for some? Do, do we have a sound? Uh, not so, this time. I don't not this time. <laughs> you don't want to keep doing, making the No, I'll up. keep doing it. I just don't have it ready. All right. So we have some things that are kind of like on the, hey, keep an eye for. And then we have some practical things to do for reseller topics. Uh, so the latest talk about the USPS is that they're privatizing. That would uh, be good. You think so? Oh, yeah. Why did you say that? Um, well, because when 
and there's a lot of reasons for this, but we're trying not to get political. Yeah. Here. So for instance, we're in like a, a small suburb town of San Diego and there's one post office that's in a reasonable distance from us. And just to be honest, we've had a few good interactions at this post office, but this post office can have the craziest hours. They take a lunch and they shut down for a half an hour yeah. every day. It's a, When you show up and you can't drop off your packages, they have unless nowhere, nowhere to drop there's off nowhere to drop off the packages. They have nowhere to drop off packages. They're in no rush to do certain things. And, and there's a lot of things, right? Like they And I appreciate them. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I know no, them. For They're sure. great people, but the hours are kind of interesting. Yeah. And because, because there's not an alternative, because there's no reason to get business, um, it kind of goes with that idea of monopoly, right? Like when one group has a monopoly, it's like the DMV. Like imagine the DMV, you have to go to the DMV. When you're going to get car stuff done, you have to go to the DMV. But when it comes to other things, like you have a choice. Like when you're going car shopping, you can go to whatever car dealership you want. You're able to wheel and deal. Some of them are going to offer you coffee and this, and they're going to have food and like TVs playing because they want people in their place. So when there's only one place, and we do have competition, right? There's FedEx and there's UPS and there's other places the nice thing about those things is they do have to fight. And because they're fighting for customers, they're willing to oftentimes have cheaper prices for bigger items and do different things that other places aren't. So, you know, I can imagine that privatizing, if you could privatize a USPS, then there's going to be more incentive to like, we need customers here. Like we don't want them to go to UPS. We don't want them to go to FedEx. Because if you're just a worker, and it's true with a lot of places, like if you've got no skin in the game, it's kind of like, I've got my job. I'm tenured, like I'm not going anywhere, like I'm here. I've got no reason to go above and beyond. But if you got some skin in the game and it's like, if we don't get more customers in here, we're going to like be losing money and that's going to hurt me. I'm going to financially be impacted. Then you're going to have to find ways to have better customer service. How can we get this line moving faster? How can we offer better services? How can we lower our prices? How can we be more competitive? So maybe there's some downsides to it, but overall I can imagine it would be a, a pretty good thing. I don't know. I'm I'm kind of torn between it. I mean, and I don't want to go into the whole political realm of like, you know, the Constitution says that Congress has the ability, you know, to make post office and roads and so on. Like, I don't want to get into that discussion, but I'm I'm kind of, you know, on one side, I see it where, you know, I think I, the, one of the numbers I saw was that since I think in the last seven years or something, the post office has lost $67 billion dollars. They've been operating at a loss mm -hmm. for year upon year. And by the way, you know, if you, if there's an argument that like, well, we pay taxes. Well, they're not funded by taxes. No. Right. It's through their business. Yeah. But they've been a losing business. Yep. Right. So, so there's that part. So I, I kind of, I understand the reason for privatizing. The, the other part that concerns me as a seller though, is number one, I, I do like, and again, I'm just speaking as a seller. I'm not trying to get into, we're not a political show or anything. Okay. So it's nice. The fact that there's all those free supplies, right? So, you know, all the priority boxes and all that, that's really nice. Now if they privatize, you know, I don't see FedEx giving free boxes. I don't see UPS giving free boxes, right? You have to buy boxes from there. So that's one concern I have that will go away. Now, if the USPS wants to continue being competitive, maybe they still offer that, mm. right? The The other thing is that um, the post office, even though, you know, it's been, uh, you know, kind of losing a lot of money, it's been consistent. For even though packages have been lost and so whatever, I've never had kind of a mistrust 
that the post office was going to like charge me any higher for an item to get it faster somewhere. Like their prices have been there. This is the way it is. Right. Right. And when you start getting into privatization, right, it's, it's, you know, I know I'm not trying to get political here, but private business can do what it wants. Right. So then it's like, okay, what's going to happen to prices? Right. Who's going to set those prices? Is, is there going to be, you know, are there, are you, are, is eBay going to be able to broker deals? Now they do have deals with FedEx, right? They do deals with UPS. And so are the deals, the discounts for being a top rated teller and so on, are they still going to be there or is that going to be more difficult because now it's going to be more for profit. And so is that some of that going to go away? Right. I'm just throwing the questions out there, you know, from the seller perspective, because I think there's two perspectives on this one. I get one where, yeah, the advantages, you know, is kind of you, there. You always hear that joke. You want to see how things look if, if the government runs it, go to the DMV. And we all know that the DMV, at least in our experience, is a terrible place to, you know, and no offense if you work at the DMV. I'm just saying it's something that you can, you know, you go there and it's gotten better, at least I would say in San Diego. But you sit there and you're there for a long time. Like and no you're often matter. treated like a criminal just for being there. Yeah, I've never been treated like you. You've been treated like a criminal? Yeah, well, like you're going to do stuff like, I'm sorry, you didn't fill this paper. You got to go over to the wrong window and you didn't oh, bring yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's like, look, I am I have to be here. Everybody, like, come on, <laughs> let's just let's just do this. Okay. And they're not like, is their website very like user-friendly? No. It's the worst website in the world. The worst. Okay. <laughs> At least California DMV, yes. So maybe there's other states where it's like phenomenal. You're like, this is the best website we ever. We love the DMV. <laughs> okay. They're the best. All right. But, but you know, but at the, you know, at the same time when there's a stake in it, when, when people, you know, it's kind of like Adam Smith had talked about, I shared this before in the Wealth of Nations, how the butcher isn't curating the best meats. The employee behind the desk isn't doing their best job for, you know, necessarily because they care about the individual. They care about their paycheck. They right. They care about the profit. It's and a so, good thing. So it's an incentive to make a better product. And so yeah, and the post office is already a unique institution in the sense that it is it is generating its own revenue, right? Which is which is very useful. And then it's nice, like you said, that it's it's a nationwide thing. There's a lot of consistency there. So in my dream world, none of that would change. None of the the infrastructure would change. Just maybe some of the model of like, I don't even want to say management, because I don't think it's like necessarily low level management of individual branches. But I kind of just think like if, if you allowed stakeholders to have more say in things to, to run things more efficiently, um, if, the, if, even if, even if it was an employee driven, like they had, they, if they made more money as, as things came in, whatever it is, there's multiple ways of, of increasing, you know, care in that way. But I think, yeah, so the, the post office is already unique. So it's already a step above something like the DMV where, where they don't have that kind of incentive to, to make money. It's just kind of like a tax collection place, right? In, in some ways, and they just file paperwork. The post office is providing a service and they do have incentive to bring people in them into them. And so they do offer services and have things. At the same time, is it possible that, that a business person would be able to look at their model and say like, there's a way to make more money and make customers happier if we did it this way or like franchise it out. Well, I just, I don't know. I mean, playing the, the, the devil's advocate, you know, the other side is like right now, flat rate shipping is really nice, right? It doesn't matter where I ship. If I want to ship medium flat rate to Alaska or if I want to ship it to New Jersey, it's the same price. But is it possible that flat rate goes away? I'm not trying to, you know, scare anyone, but is it possible? Because then it's like, well, it does take more resources to get from point A to point B, right? 
you know, and that's what concerns or first class. If I send first class to, you know, urban New York or to rural Arkansas, it's the same. And well, it, it's calculated, so it's a little different. But, you know, as long as it's under, you know, 16 ounces or under, it's around that price. Is it now going to maybe cost more if it goes into a region that's harder to get to? Right. Right. And so that that's just my concerns there as a seller about what's going to happen. So we're just going to have to wait and see what happens. Yeah. So. I thought we kept that non-political, apolitical. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. All right. So this was another thing I thought was interesting. I think this was, a, maybe it was a slow news day and these, the Forbes decided to write this article, but they had this thing, could Amazon buy eBay in a 2020 cash deal? And they were discussing about how, you know, it'd be profitable for Amazon because, you know, the margins are a lot higher and you can get a lot more fees, right? Blah, blah, blah. Cause there's less overhead because like we've talked about before, how eBay is more of like a middleman, mm-hmm. right? Because we stock all the inventory, at least now I wonder if managed delivery is ever going to happen anymore, you know, with the CEO exiting, maybe that's, that's a done deal. He did not fire himself. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Mike. All right. So. Thank you. Actually, we know that because there are activists on the board that wanted him out. But anyways, but he did, he did resign. He did not resign himself. Okay. All right. He did get not it. resign himself. Okay. Get it. All right. What are your thoughts? What do you think? If Amazon would take eBay, good or bad? I don't know. I'd have to, I'd probably have to spend a lot of time like analyzing this. I think, I think in a lot of ways, it, here's the reasons I think it'd be bad. Um, I mean, Amazon could do it. I'm a benefit. I'm a fan of competition and they're two different markets, but at the same time, they do play into e-commerce, so uh, it's nice having different platforms. One thing, realistically, Amazon is a its a machine, man. Like, they have it figured out. Like, they're efficient. They've got their coding down. They're, they're user-friendly. Their apps are like... I'm not saying eBay isn't, isn't intuitive, but, you know, realistically, most people understand... Younger generations are going to more easily understand Amazon and Amazon apps and beyond there than they are on eBay. And Amazon's got way more data. They've got the algorithms that are a little different. And so if you were able to take all of that and dump it into eBay and like have different designers, web designers, platform stuff, algorithm changes, that could be beneficial in a lot of ways. If people are, if the same people who are on Amazon are like, oh yeah, Amazon. And then the Amazon tab has an eBay button and it's like eBay. Yeah. And they, they associate the two together. That could be good. Right. The bad part about that is how many changes would come with it? Is is it, you know, in a lot of ways, Amazon could be the big bad guy. And I'm not saying they, they are. It would be better. They are. Like you think, okay, we I all disagree. we all submit to Amazon when we saw on Amazon, right? We agree to their policies, blah, blah, blah. But if if you take a look at it, like Amazon, to me, like we, you know, people and we've done it, you know, we complain that eBay at times is very buyer centric, not seller centric. But I really think it's the opposite. I think eBay is very seller centric. Oh, for sure. And, you know, you t- talk about, you know, Glitchgate and promoted listings like eBay listened, like eBay did something. You complain about something on Amazon it goes to like the netherworld. Like who knows where it goes, right? I mean, how many times have you had an issue with Amazon and you email seller support you hear nothing crickets ever. You could be suspended, about to be homeless, and Amazon will not get back to you. eBay will get back to you. eBay will, in some way, not the best way, right? Because we've talked about this, how I personally think 
eBay needs more of a presence on social media when there's issues, mm-hmm. right? Um, Amazon has none of that. The other thing is Amazon's fees are, we complain about, you know, promoted listings. Imagine when you're on Amazon. Like, yeah, but again, I, I, you can't, I, I feel like it's unfair to even come close to comparing those two things. It's, but if Amazon were to buy eBay, why wouldn't Amazon continue that model? Because it's eBay? very different. Like if you were selling on Amazon, they'd use that model. I think they would purchase eBay for a different reason, right? Like they wouldn't, they wouldn't like completely put the Amazon model on there because otherwise if they bought eBay, I mean, companies can do this. They can buy a company and then shut it down, right? They can buy eBay, shut it down. So they don't have that competition, but I don't think eBay is a competition. No, no, they're not. No, I agree. So, but again, like it comes down to like the difference between eBay and Amazon. eBay is like, is like a, a, a swap mark, a swap mark me or a, a, a whatever, you know, like a flea market where you buy a booth and you sell your stuff at this booth. They don't care what you're selling. See, They're not going to come. But here's the thing. I wouldn't put it past Amazon to what they do with private label right now or what they do with like, you know, if there's a hot selling RA item, they will buy that item and tank the price to cut, it's cut you out of the sales, right? Yeah, but it's but, but on eBay, most of the time, people aren't selling that kind of stuff. Like they're not going to be able to tank the price on a 1984 uh, Patagonia yeah, but see, sweater. I think, I think Amazon has the, and, and I'm talking theoretically, maybe, you know, I'm sounding crazy right now, but I think they have the ability to say, hey, if they wanted to jump into the vintage market, the secondary market, they have the funds to be able to say, you know what? We're gonna source these items. You're crazy. I am crazy. There's no way. But they're but, not sending people out to look through thrift stores to source items like that. That's but just, but right now the data is showing that more people are willing to buy secondhand than retail. Yes. What I think Amazon would do if they wanted to get into secondary market like that, they would create something like I can't even remember what it's called, but that one uh, program where people will um, like send in their old clothes and they kind of that like company, thread up. Yeah, thread up. So okay. I think it'd be like that. Like they they'll have certain items like you can do with like textbooks at Amazon where it's like send in your clothing items and if they like they check it, they'll make sure it like meets their specifications. You'll get like a portion, like a little bit of the money, but you're not you're selling it directly to Amazon and then they're selling it like on their own. Something like that might happen, but they're not gonna be sending out employees to be hunting garage sales. No, I, I'm just stores. I was just throwing the scenario out. But the scenario you're given is again Amazon taking a bigger cut. You know what I'm saying? And th- that scenario still keeps Amazon taking, you know, and saying, hey, yeah, we love third-party sellers, but here's what it's going to take for you to sell on our platform. Yeah, but they wouldn't do it on eBay because if if, if Amazon were to buy eBay, I mean, there might be some changes, but I, they wouldn't change like that. They're looking at the the total, the the net worth of eBay, like how much profit is it bringing in every year? How can they add that to their bottom line? And realistically, eBay's doing the numbers. They're not a dumb company. They're a brilliant company. They're smart. So they recognize that the percentages they're charging with the services they, they're offering is the market price. If they were to, to increase their fees too much, they lose sellers on the platform. It doesn't matter who's doing it. If Amazon isn't changing eBay to make it all of a sudden where our sales are increasing 200%, yeah, then I'll, I'll gladly take a 5% increase on the fees if my sales go up 200%. But if my sales are the same, it's under new ownership and all of a sudden the fees go up, then you find somewhere else to sell. And then they lose all those sellers. Now that the bottom line, instead of being in the black is in the red, they're not going to, they wouldn't do that. Like if, if they could charge those kinds of fees, eBay would already be charging those fees, but the market doesn't let that happen. Yeah. You might be right. <laughs> That's Orlando's way of saying he thinks I'm wrong. No, no, I don't think <laughs> that you're wrong. I think the, the bottom line is we're all talking in theory. 
because I don't anticipate any of this happening. I think Forbes was just a slow news, a slow news day, but I think it's interesting. So you're saying the last 10 minutes of our podcast was just <laughs> no pretend. Just, no. Welcome to Imagination World on Fearless. <laughs> no, I just thought I think I think it's a great conversation to have because it highlights why eBay's good and why Amazon's good. I think it highlights both of them. So I thought it was a good conversation to have. I like it. All right. So I thought this was interesting. So USA Today came out with this uh, e-commerce better in the 2020s. And they had talked about all the stores that had shut down over this past decade. You know, we had like Toys R Us and we had Blockbuster and Borders and so on. And I thought, you know, I, we all know this to be happening. But what I thought was really interesting was their discussion about, you know, what's what's going to be happening in the 2020s. And they, um, you know, they had they had approached different places that are kind of, you know, doing these investigations as to where, where is, where are things going? Like what, what's happening? This is, this is what I thought was really interesting. They said the brick and mortar downturn is expected to continue, which we already know. According to a report released in April from UBS securities, investment bank analysts said 75,000 more stores would need to be shuttered by 2026. If e-commerce penetration rises from 16% currently to 25%. And I'm like, that's huge. Like, if you think about that, 8% isn't, isn't a lot in the grand, like the way, the momentum that e-commerce has right now, like that's easily going to happen. Especially with the younger generation. I mean, I think about it like anything, like think of all of the revolutions that we've had, right? The agricultural Mm -hmm. revolution, the industrial revolution, right? Like each new technology literally doesn't just change the way the economy works, but it changes the way society works. Right. Like the entire family structures change where people live, how far people live, transport, like every new big technology change. Think of what the car did. Right. Like it made it where people now, you know, moving away from families and work farther away from where they live. And all all those things have ramifications in society and iPhone. I mean, all of it. And that's what I'm saying. So if you imagine that happens, it's I don't want to say it's surprising, but in some ways it's almost surprising that it's taken this long for the Internet and for, you know, you know, phones and all those things. But I think part of the reason is we're just now getting to the point where people in people, the way economies typically work or the way it often works in our society is that when you're young, you make less money. And as you get older, you start to make more and more money. That's just, that's just all the statistics show Mm -hmm. that most people right out of high school and college, they're just, you just don't make as much. And the more experience you have in the field, the longer you're working, the more money you make. And so if you think about it, the people who are starting to have buying power, people who, you know, when they're out of high school or just out of college are, you know, making a living are now all of a sudden into the middle class, upper middle class are starting to really have disposable income. And these are the people who grew up knowing nothing but the internet. So it, we're finally at the point now where if like my parents, my mom is, is at a point where she buys stuff a lot on Amazon. Now, um, her husband, not a fan of Amazon, right? Like she was exposed to the internet a little bit more than he was at a younger age. And I think we're just now getting to the point where like now people, if you were to ask a kid, you know, young kid, where they're going to buy stuff, it's like, well, I'm going to, you know, on the iTunes store, I'm going to buy this and I'm going to buy, they're buying things online more than they're buying things in stores. Like when you buy video games now, you don't go into a store and typically buy the hard copy of the game. The DLC. You buy it on digitally. So it's totally different. And so people's minds are are shifting on how economies work. Now we still have, you know, a lot of people in generations that just aren't as comfortable yet. They're not, they still would rather drive to the store, go there because to them it's scary. It's different. They haven't made that shift yet. 
And I think give it another 10, 15 years, most of the people with buying power in our in our society, in our country, are going to be so familiar and comfortable with the internet that those sales are probably going to keep increasing. And I, I, in some ways, like I said, it's kind of surprising it took so long, but it makes sense that we're finally getting to that point where the generation that has the money is the one that grew up with it. And so, and who knows what the ramifications of that are going to be, right? Like nobody could have really predicted all of the implications of the different revolutions that we've had. Um, you know, it, it, it has a lot of impact on a lot of different things. And so who knows what we're going to look back on hundred years from now and be able to say like the internet and specifically social media and e-commerce did these following things. But the fact is, I think people are going to look back and this moment in time is going to be in history books as the e-commerce and, and digital revolution. Agreed with everything you said. <laughs> Sorry. So, I got I passionate about it. No, no. But I, I, to me, it's, it's great to hear in the sense that what we're doing is we haven't even begun you know, like there's so much, and we already know that we talk about it on the podcast all the time, but you know, sometimes I begin to wonder, you know, cause how long can this keep going? Like our, our economy, I think like a year ago we were having podcast episodes about like, Oh, there's talk about a possible recession, blah, blah, blah. Right. Yeah. And it all depended on, you know, what new site you went to right. and da, da, da. But now we're now there's no discussion about that. Now it's like okay, where is business headed yeah. in the next few? Looks years? Looks like we already bottomed out, is what some people are saying. Isn't we're that already crazy? Up. Yeah. So I and I hope that to be true. I mean, the only part I was looking forward to was being able to buy some housing in San Diego. But you know, hey, it's all good. It's all good. Um, but you just got to pivot back towards something else. There you go. But here's the thing. So if if you're kind of hesitant about e-commerce, understand that at this moment in time. The way things are looking, it's it's only going to get better, right? The the key thing is adapting, 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 because that's constantly changing. And you know, we've talked about that on multiple episodes. Things that we sell now aren't entirely different, but they're somewhat different than even things that we sold six months ago. The way we sell things are changing sometimes. Uh, the way we source is changing sometimes, but ultimately, e-commerce is continuing to get better. So, all right. So let, let's get to some more practical stuff now. We're, we're, this, is, this is all like theory, <laughs> philosophy. All right. Hey, so I got banned by Target Circle. Nice. So Congratulations. Do you know what that is? Yeah. Okay. So uh, you know how I had been like talking about how much I love Target and mm -hmm. how good they are to me? Like I... I they've gone back to store that shall not be named retail status. Were you using your... Um, your resell license there no i just was putting my phone number and then so so one day so i had i think i had a couple several hundred i don't know how much i had some money in my target circle you know how they mm -hmm. credit you back so i'm like hey i'll be able to you know use this money and i was going to use it towards my kids christmas gifts actually which makes it really sad so i go and there's like there's an error da, 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 and please email you know circle support so I email circle support and I'm like, Hey, I don't know what's going on with my account, but I had money in there and you know, just wondering. So they don't get back to me until the 26th of December. They get back to me and they write me this email and they basically tell me that based on the activity on your you know account, it appears that you're a reseller and you know, on the guidelines and the policy that we've written, which we will share with you in this email 
going back to what we talked about earlier in the podcast, resellers, you know, basically are not allowed to use Target, Circle, blah, blah, blah. So they canceled me. So you were violating their policy? I guess Where's so. Where's the justice in that? No, well, there there was the justice. I lost my Target Circle money. But again, you know what happened when I posted this on Instagram? I had so many people tell me, yep, I've been banned. I've been banned. I've been banned. And basically people were saying, you know, and this actually the couponing community was reaching out and telling me, yeah, we don't share our phone number or anything with anyone. Because the moment you do is it begin to track your purchases and they even will cancel out coupons. So just be aware out there. So maybe Target didn't catch you, but they're coming for you. So if you're a reseller, you know, maybe it's good not to put the information. Yeah, maybe you'll make that 200 extra bucks, whatever, on Target Circle. But what I've been told from those in the couponing community is that they'll go to the point where like they'll track cards, credit cards, and they'll track other information and they won't even let you purchase at those stores anymore, which they have the right to do. Trust me. When I was, uh, Assets protection at Target or loss prevention at Macy's. There were actual people that weren't even thieves that we actually banned from coming to the store anymore. And we had to, we like personally escorted out. So they have the right to do that. Whether you agree with it or not, whether I agree with it or not, it, it, you know, it's a moot point. It's, it is what it is. So be aware. Like it. <laughs> you like that? <laughs> okay. That's what it is, man. I mean, it's like the same thing with Disney, right? Like you can't use your Disney pass to get discounts on items to sell on eBay, right? Makes sense, but just don't use your pass, right? You can still buy and resell from Target. Just don't use Circle. Like those things are, if it's against their policy, you just got to kind of adapt and find a way around it. Yeah. Or not shop there. Choices you got. So it's free market. All right. This is one that some... May not be. I'm. I don't. I'm not okay with it. But it really seems that eBay is forcing returns, and I have anecdotal evidence. I'll, I'll throw it out there. But I've had plenty. I mean, multiple upon multiple DMs from our followers on Instagram and on Facebook and on other platforms that are saying, "Hey, I sold something. I don't accept returns. eBay made me f- do the return." Hmm. Or. PayPal, 90 days after the fact, I had something on global shipping and PayPal after 90 days still refunded the customer their money, but they, as a one-time courtesy, they didn't take it out of my balance. Hmm. So we talked about this before. Like I, I really get the sense that slowly over time, it won't be an option. Like we're going to have to all do returns. Yep. All right. And it's part of selling in someone's sandbox, but here's one th- one advice I will give I would say probably, and I'm throwing out random arbitrary numbers, I'll admit that, but it seems that 90% of the people that had DM me about these return issues is I've always, when people DM me and ask me, Orlando, what do I do? eBay, it seems like they want me to do a return. I say, hey, check your description and check your pictures. Because here's what I find. If there's one flaw, one thing is that is off, that's it. You're going to have to do the return. So be aware of that. I think the one go-to that you can go to is as long as your pictures are accurate and your description is detailed and it shows exactly and whatever the buyer is not happy about, I don't believe eBay is going to force a return. But if they can find that one thing, then you're stuck with that return. So just be aware that returns 
are going to be part of doing business. That's that's my that's my twenty twenty prediction. Is that returns are part of business? <laughs> no, that that as far as eBay goes, I think it's going to go to a place that you're going to have. They are you, they already make you do a return. There's that money back guarantee that will they'll still make you do the return. You had some of that, didn't you? Having you kind of, uh, I don't know. Where like you you didn't want to give a return and then you call eBay and they're like, well, you still there's the money back guarantee and if they want to do the return, you have to still accept it. Yeah, I mean, we've had some weird things where people want to return stuff for the most random reasons, and yeah, it's kind of just like it doesn't even matter what the reason is. They they get it and they decide, you know what, like didn't like it or you know I I bought another one somewhere else cheaper, and it's not because there was anything wrong with the item, but yeah, if you got if you I now have. Free returns on my... my oh, wow, you went to free returns. Well, returns, they pay shipping. So I guess that's not free returns. Okay. Yeah. But but instant returns. Yeah. Okay. So anyways, just thought I'd bring that to light. All right. And this last one. So the, I, I've always theorized this. And now there's a situation that happened. So uh, the Funky Cold Medinas, Fernando, good friend of ours. Uh, so what ended up happening is... Uh, I think he's okay sharing this, but a lot of people have had this scenario where they've sold certain items and they get a Vero, uh, whether it's a suspension or a deactivation of a listing, blah, blah, blah. And so there's certain brands out there that you can't sell to every country. And uh, in that, in that company is very clear about that. So if you do sell to a certain country, you can get a Vero listing, which could result in multiple things. One, it could just kind of slap on the wrist where it's like, hey, we've taken down your listing. You can't sell this item. Or it could go to a three-day restriction. Or it could go to a seven-day restriction. Or it could go to a permanent ban. Right? Can you give me an example of an item that you can't ship to another country? So let's say it's Nike. So Nike, you can't sell to all countries. Right? So here's my workaround. Right? And again, you know, what is it? what's our legal disclaimer? Like... Pierce podcast is not responsible for anything. Okay, that works. All right. <laughs> Legally. <laughs> Legally. Okay. So I he, said it. It's the law. Okay. So here's the deal. So I've always believed, and I never said this on the podcast, but that global shipping works as a deterrent to be vetoed, that's a word, by eBay on international sales. And this is why. So let's say it's Nike eBay global shipping will not allow you to send a product via global shipping if it's not allowed because mm. it's under eBay, right? So whenever you do global shipping, it's as if you are shipping domestic, right? Because you're not sending it international. Mm -hmm. If you send it international, it's all on you. Mm -hmm. So eBay is going to make sure that whatever happens doesn't work against them because it's them. They are the ones that are in turn shipping the product they don't want to lose money at customs. They don't want to lose money in shipping. They want to still make their profit, right? If you do international, it doesn't matter. You're going to be the one that loses everything. So it's kind of interesting. So uh, Fernando actually called eBay and had asked them and said, hey, you know, I'm kind of interested here. Like what's going on? Like what, 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 if, what if we did global shipping? What is the scenario? So I'm just trying to pull this up on my phone. And basically the scenario was that they, they, they had said, they said, because I, I told him, I said, hey, ask him these questions. Mm -hmm. I want to know. Now, again, depends on the representative that you get. Right. Okay. But they said, um, 
He'd ask, okay, number one, if if I did it through the global shipping pro, pro, uh, program, would it have issues with Vero? And he said, no, because it's through eBay. And obviously, if it's through us, we're going to only ship to whatever is allowed. And number two, if I ship through global shipping, is it basically like I'm shipping domestically? And he said, yes. So this is my advice. Again, you know, people go back and forth, you know, do I international? If I do international, I'm going to get a lot more sales because people don't want to pay the, pay the global shipping prices. But if I go global shipping, I'm losing money because there's, you know, vice versa. Here's the thing. If here's another reason why I love eBay global shipping is that in turn, I don't have to worry about any Vero situations about getting suspended, about getting restricted, about blah, blah, blah. Because in the end, if eBay allows it through global shipping, it's on eBay. And if I ship it, I'm only shipping domestically. So make sure, you know, that you think things through, especially if you've been Vero listed already or whatever it's called. I don't know what the exact wording is. You've been Vero'd. <laughs> whatever it may be. Because in the end, global shipping provides another, you know, wall of protection from having these things happen to you. So just something to think about when you're considering, Hey, do I want to do global shipping on a certain item or a certain brand? So that is kind of great advice. You know, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm thankful that Fernando took the time and asked. So thank you. The funky Cole Medinas for following through all that on Instagram, check them out. So with that being said, I think that's all our reseller topic. It's for that time for an amazing, amazing. I didn't even, I didn't even do my moves on that one. You missed it. That's all right. It's all right. I, I'm really intense because I really, I'm thankful for that info. That, that to me, that's some great info. I like it. To me. All right. What's your bolo? So this comes from our, our trip out in Colorado. Uh, that first thrift store that I mentioned of like the two sister stores, the, as we're checking out, we see on the back of their register, like behind the guy is a, um, jacket this is $150 and we're well, getting a lot of like we're getting a lot of like North Face and Patagonia stuff for like 15 bucks so I'm thinking 150 bucks 150 bucks seems a lot but it was red tag and red tag was 50% off so I'm like $75 what is it they're trying to charge $150 for so like he's flustered because I've got like bags and bags and bags of stuff and I'm trying to check out and there's all these people behind me and now I'm being even more uh like demanding, I'm like, can I see that jacket up there? And so he, he grabs it and he hands it down. He's like, well, do you want this? Or can I just help the people behind you? And like, and I'm like, hold on. And so I'm like, you can help them if you want, but like, I'm probably going to take this. So I'm, I'm looking it up and I had never heard of this brand before and, and probably should have. And I think I've maybe have actually seen it on, um, on other people's Instagrams, mm -hmm. but this isn't the kind of stuff that I've seen here in the wild on my own. So it's not like something I'm looking out for, but when a thrift store is putting something up for that much, it's, it's, triggers you right like to look at anyways it was a montclair i think that's how you say it yeah I jacket so i think so too yeah so a montclair jacket um like pretty much pristine condition there's like a little bit of staining on the bottom but it's like a kind of like a puffer jacket and we're looking up comps on this thing and like used are going for like 400 plus Right. Some five, six, seven hundred. Nice. Some of no, them are going some of them are going closer to a thousand, depending on the model. And so we're thinking, even if we sell this thing for 
It was, it's going to be a killer deal, right? Like it's going to sell, I'm sure $75, even if it only sells for three or 400, we're going to make a lot of money there. If it sells for a lot more than that, Hey, we're going to be even happier. We need to do a little bit more research, but, uh, it's a bolo because some of you guys might already know Montclair. I don't normally give bolos that are like super high end stuff that almost you never find, but maybe that if you're in a different state, maybe it's something you see more often. Uh, so keep an eye out for it. And even if it's not something you see very often, if I was just flipping through racks at a, at a thrift store in like California, I might not have even looked that up. Right. I might've been like, no, nope, no, nope, no. Nope. So now I know if I ever see a Montclair, pick it up from bolo to possible hustle of the week. Yeah. We'll let you know. Stay tuned. Mike's moving on up. That's right. <laughs> I'm thinking about, thinking about buying a new car. Once I sell that Montclair, get that Lambo. Woo woo. All right. So mine is jacket related and I, I, I like giving practical things that are generic at times, but <laughs> I don't know if that even makes sense. So one thing that I found the other day, and you know, if you go, if go to our TikToks, it's in one of our TikToks. Um, I can't believe I said that. So there's these jackets that are, I call them stowaways. Some people call them packable. You ever seen those? Yep. Right. So they're usually you find the, in the inside, there's a zipper pocket. Right. And what you can is you can pack up that whole jacket inside that zipper or that pouch, whatever. That's some magical stuff. You can pack the jacket inside itself. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. (laughs) Now that's a bolo because those things sell fast. Mm. I mean, it depends on brand, but for example, I found an LL Bean one. It was $5 and 95 cents at the thrift. And here's what happened. I looked at all the listings, a few things that you need to do when you list these. Number one, you need to use keywords, packable. I I use the word stowaway. And then when I did that, people are like, why don't you use packable? I'm like, I don't know. I just refer to them as stowaway. Stowaway or packable, which makes more sense. Um, Can you use both? Yeah, you can use both. I'm just wondering. Spam it up, man. Spam it up. All right. The other thing is if it's Gore-Tex, even more money, right? Pretty much anything that's Gore-Tex, I'll pick up unless it's, you know, some random brand I've never heard of. Right. So this L.O. Bean jacket. I listed it. I use the word Gore-Tex. I use the word packable. I use the word stowaway. I use the word rain in it. Okay. All the comps were around 40 or 50. I sold mine for 70 and I actually had to list it for 99.99 and I took a lower offer of $70. I'm looking at this exact same listing of this jacket that somebody sold. They sold it for $23 and 99 cents with $6.95 shipping. But if you look at their pictures, they have no pictures of the jacket in that little pouch. Mm. Like you need to have that picture. It's That's just, just lazy. You gotta do the work, man. Well, it's just it's it it shows the product, right? I mean, it it, it makes it it separates you from the crowd, right? And their keywords. I mean, they had packable, but that's kind of kind of where it ended, mm. right? So the bolo is if you ever see a rain jacket, always look on the inside and see if they have that pouch. Right, because it'll say stowaway, it'll say packable. It might not say it, but there's a big zipper pocket on the inside. It may be one that you can pack inside itself. Yeah, and I'm sure the people at the thrift store would love to see you like taking a jacket and rolling it up and like shoving it into a little ball. They'll be like, "What is this?" They'll all be watching you. Like, as long as you don't put it under your coat. Yeah, and here's the thing: it's easy to ship because then once it's in that pouch, you put it in the pad of priority, and you're good to go. You know what makes me sad? I had a North Face one of those in the '90s. And I think I put it in a pouch and then I left for college and I never saw it again. I think one of the reasons because it was in that pouch. Mm. 
makes me sad because it's like a $300 jacket now if I had it. So anyways, Bolo, packable stowaway jackets. We all make mistakes. We all make mistakes. I make plenty. A lot. All right. What are you looking forward to? Oh, man. Should we do a bolo sound one more time? All right. Here we go. All right. That's our bolos. Bolo. It's hard because it's not as loud in the studio. Yeah. So you're like grooving. I'm like, is it on? Yeah. Just just like, just do like a cool, like, it doesn't matter what the melody is. It'd be, it'd be Night on. at the Roxbury kind yeah. of deal. All right. Yeah. Um, okay. So anyways, I'm, I guess I'm kind of looking forward to, and I don't know if it's going to be necessarily this week, but it's going to be soon. And I, this has been something that's been in the making and I've talked about on Purell's podcast for about a year and a half now. Uh, but we're really looking at sending in our first Amazon shipment. Yes. Um, we have a few odds and end things that I think will make the list. And then, of course, we have those 14 plus three books. Uh, <laughs> 14 plus three books. Yeah. I mean, it's all the same, but they're priced differently. 14 at $1, three at three bucks. Uh, and it's a really, really low ranking book, like pretty significantly nice. low. So I'm excited to get those sent in and kind of just see how Amazon works. Honestly, just to be completely upfront, I don't think I'll ever do Amazon the way you do Amazon. Um, but I do think um, I want to have that as a tool where I can send in certain things and kind of do it a little differently. I don't know if I'm going to be like the retail arbitrage, go crazy. Maybe if I find a niche, but I think that that would kind of be where it ends. If I find like a product or two, or it's like, hey, I'm making some money. I'll just keep doing this. I just don't know if the, like, the Q4 Amazon things for me, but you never know. I hear you. We'll talk about that more in Q4 because <laughs> I may be changing. Who knows? Yeah. All right. What about you? What are you looking forward to? Okay, so I'm gonna the one I'm not looking forward to, but I'm looking forward to thing is organizing for taxes. Now we may have a special guest that deals with taxes in the future. So if you have any questions that's tax related to reselling, either hit us in the DMs or send us an email, or you know what, leave us a voicemail. That would be great because we can play that in the air. So just give you a heads up, we're still working on that. Don't know when that's gonna happen, but I thought I'd throw that out there now because you know the more questions we have, you know, the better that we can pull from and ask the person we may interview. Yeah. So, all right. So yeah, I want to. You know, it sounds weird because a lot of people are like, "I'm done with my taxes," and that's awesome. I'm not. <laughs> and so this next two weeks, I'm looking to organize. Uh, all my receipts, get my mileage done and start meeting with my tax person uh, to get things finalized. So I know how much I have to pay when April 15 hits. Now, I already have, you know, the the self-employment, you know, when you preemptively pay, I already have some of that. But, uh, you know, I'm it, it all finalizes by April 15 when we get all the numbers. And so I want to know as soon as possible <laughs> so I can work extra hard if I need to to pay taxes. Yeah. So got to love income tax. All right. Um, One of my favorites. <laughs> I look forward to it every April 15th. Birthday cake and everything. Let me get my money. Let me get more of my money away. Yeah. Take it, please. I don't want it anyways. I've worked so hard to give it to you. Please take it all. All right. Uh, <laughs> all right. The other thing is I've been talking about focusing back on eBay. My goal, my goal, goal. I'm going to write this. No, I'm not going to write it down every day. Yeah, write it down every day. Okay. It's and to, make your bed. Okay, I make my bed. Okay. 
to get to 2,000 eBay listings by the next update episode. So you're going to do 10,000 listings. No, no 20,000? 2,000. 20,000 20, listings. <laughs> no, two. 2,000. 10X, man. No, I'm not going to take it off. Here's the thing. I tried doing this a month and a half ago, and it just didn't happen. See, but if you had a goal of 20,000 and you treated the next few days as if you're trying to get 20,000, you'd reach the 2,000. Like, easy peasy. <laughs> It's so impossible. <laughs> it's like so impossible. Like I, I can't even tell you how impossible 20,000 listings in two weeks is. So you just, you I know you don't I, got the 10 X mindset, man. I want to get Grant Cardone on our podcast. I'll we'll, we'll see if we can make it happen. Yeah. If any of you we guys get know, know Grant we get Cardone, to know. If you're like, if you're like a, a second cousin or something. Of, second, of what if Cardone. you're just a first cousin or a brother or a sister or something? Yeah, whatever you like, are. Why like, does it have to be second cousin? I was just throwing, like, I'm just saying, like, you can't be too far removed. Like, if you know him in any way, shape, or form, <laughs> hit us up, hit him up. It'd be, it'd be sweet. Let's make this happen. All right. Anyways, okay. So my goal is 2,000 eBay listings because I really feel that with 2,000, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit a sweet, sweet spot going into, uh, you know. The summer slowdown. Yeah. So if I can get it done before before mid-February, I'll be happy. So that's my goal. I like it. And I think that's that's, that's it. That's it. Is wow. It? Oh, well, that's, we're done. That's it. All right. Okay. So with that being said, make sure to be real. <laughs> be relevant. And be reselling. Please. Please.